In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to Awaken180WeightLoss.com. The Dad DeLorean Podcast. Because parenting is a complicated profession. Well, hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Dad DeLorean Podcast. Hey, how you doing there? Uh, I've uh, been away a little bit. Uh, it's been a really inconsistent summer slash early fall for me, and I've just been super busy with the day job, and I it's there's really no great excuse for it. It's just been I'm busy, and life has been busy, and... Yeah, that's just where we've been at. So uh, I apologize. I have failed you as a host, but we've got lots to discuss right now because we just finished What If Season 1, which there's definitely going to be a Season 2, I think, at this point. I believe they've already announced it. If they haven't already announced it, well, uh, they've definitely left it off at a point where they could go back for a Season 2, and I wouldn't complain about it. Also, there is a random discovery that I came across titled Ted Lasso. Maybe you've heard of this show before. I, yeah, there's a lot to talk about there, too. In the meantime, what has been up in life? Well, uh, let's see here. The uh, oldest has started kindergarten, and that has been an experience because you find out, you know, he's learning things, and it's good. It's good. He gets to learn things. He gets to spend time around his friends, and it's great for him. And, uh, the thing that has been fun with that, however, has been, you know, every once in a while being a kindergartner, you don't necessarily know the word that you're looking for. And so you say another word thinking that it's the word and it's not actually the word. And uh, yeah, so uh, I heard a story from his former daycare director who uh, it basically was talking to him the other day and asked him what he was learning in kindergarten. And he said, oh, we weren't learning all about letters and we learned about vowels and now we're learning about condiments. Yeah, yeah, not consonants, condiments. So that's something I'm going to remember for the rest of my life, and it's going to be amazing, and that is just what it is. It's great. It's fantastic. It, it, kids say the darndest things, you know, right? I, am I allowed to reference stuff involving Bill Cosby anymore? I don't know. I know he's been canceled, but uh, regardless, kids do say the darndest things. Let's just be totally honest. And they say all sorts of fun stuff with that. So uh, there's been that. Also, Austin at two is now starting to pick up a lot more words. Uh, last night, he was talking about how he wanted us to play Monsters at Work. And it used to just be Monster Work, Monster Work. And now it's Monster at Work. So uh, that's been exciting, too, is figuring out his uh, words. He really likes the soundtrack from Monsters at Work. And that is, like, when we set up our evening music for the boys when they go to bed like it's been cars recently but now we're wanting monsters at work back and so we're gonna have to get back to that again 
Oh, what else is going on? Uh, well, uh, right now I am in what I am dubbing... I've dubbed this the conference room for uh, work purposes. This is actually the trailer that is also now serving as kind of a podcast studio. Just change of pace. It's really a different space from my day job. And, you know, it's one of those things I kind of feel like sometimes when those things get crisscrossed, it makes it a little harder to focus. So that is where I am recording the podcast today. I don't know if this is something I'm going to do permanently. Honestly, it's a little bit chilly right now, but uh, that's okay. That's okay. I don't want to burn off any of the propane, and I figure eventually this laptop, as warm as it tends to run, will probably warm up the room enough that it's going to be bearable combined with the sun coming out. So, yeah, that is what it's at. Uh, my wife and I are planning our next couple camping trips. Uh, the next one that we have on the docket is going to be, towards the end of this month, we're going to be heading out to Fort Stevens. So that's going to be exciting. We've never been. The boys have never been. Alton just is excited because there's a disc golf course. He's taken up disc golf recently and he doesn't play it normally. Like he does what I call running disc golf where he sprints ahead and throws the disc and tries to get there first. It's not about getting there in the fewest throws. And I mean, hey, he's five. He's okay with that. That's fine. I don't have a big reference there. I'm still figuring the game out myself. So uh, yeah, we went out a couple weeks back for a quick trip around there's a disc golf course here in Newburgh in one of the parks it's only a nine hole course although there's actually 10 holes out there I'm not sure what the deal is with that but uh we had fun with that only got about four discs in the water and only one of them was Alton one the rest of them were all me and I was doing totally fine until I had to balance on a log in the middle of a stream to pull it out of the water and then it was just outside of my reach and I strained something in my shoulder. It was all sorts of fun. All sorts of fun, let's be honest. But uh, it's definitely taking a little bit of a learning curve. I'm not very good at throwing frisbees to begin with, so having to throw them for accuracy isn't great either. But it is what it is. So that is what we have been up to as of late. Uh, yeah, looking forward to getting out in the trailer. We're starting to get to the point in the trailer where things are starting to feel a little bit less stark. You just purchased a trailer and don't have anything in it. I mean, we got throw pillows to go on the couch there is bedding which we got before our last trip out but we got the bedding on there and so that's exciting um we got some plates and utensils and some other stuff that are going to be exclusive for the trailer we've got some cooking pans just just random things like that so you know it's a little bit less this is a brand new trailer like you would see it on the lot and a little bit more hey there's some customizations going on here and we're kind of figuring stuff out. So that is what we are up to nowadays. So yeah, hope you guys are doing well. Hope that you haven't missed us too much because uh, uh, let's be honest, I've been really, really slacking. So uh, hopefully as we're kind of getting closer into the fall season, we're going to be able to do this a little bit better and more consistently in line with what we'd started out with. And uh, yeah, maybe, maybe we have a summer hiatus where we cut back to maybe one episode a month or something. I don't know. We'll, we'll kind of see how that all goes. But uh, yeah, in any case, uh, we're going to go ahead, head to our first break. When we come back, we are going to talk about what we've been watching. And uh, there's been more to discuss, I think, in the last couple weeks here. So uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and get on with that. Stay tuned. <laughs> And we're back. Thanks again for tuning into the Dad DeLorean podcast. We're super excited to be back. Super excited to talk about what we've been watching as of late. And uh, this week, I am going to just throw this out there and say I am excited with what they have done with 
the What If series. So when you started out, you weren't exactly sure what to expect with it. And that's one of those things like where I was very hesitant to just go, oh, okay, yeah, let me go ahead and give you my opinion of this series early on. Because when we were early on, I wasn't exactly sure what they were doing with it. I'm going to be totally level with you. That is just something that in looking at everything that was going on with it, there was... A lot of it felt like rehashes, but still there was fun to the rehashes, but I wasn't sure where they were going with it. And like, what's the point of throwing this all together if you're not going to use it for some greater purpose? Well, you get through your Captain Carter, you get through all of the different things that were going on in their evil Doctor Strange, or not necessarily evil, but misguided Doctor Strange, who spent all of his time trying to figure out a way to save Christine, only to fail and destroy his universe, and just all of the stuff that was going on with that. It was a very interesting way to kind of go at it. But then you get to the end of the Party Thor episode, and with Party Thor getting ready to go on a date with Jane, and then all of a sudden, Ultron shows up in the Vision body with all of the Infinity Stones. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, hold on, what is going on here? And... Uh, long story short, you find out in the next episode that Ultron, in one universe, winds up winning, getting his body, and then he winds up getting a hold of the Infinity Stones from Thanos in a comically quick, hey, hey, whoop, there's Thanos, he's here, and he just gets lasered in half by our good friend Ultron as he has the Vision body now. And... For that to be the end of it, you're like, wait, hold on, that's all Vision had to do was cut him in half with the laser on his head? That's it? Uh, uh, okay, that was weird. But Ultron then winds up going and succeeding in wiping out basically everybody, not just, you know, half of the universe like Thanos did. He goes on to basically annihilate people left and right. We've Black Widow and Clint, the only two left in his universe... And then, basically, the Watcher finally has to do the thing that you kind of wondered if he was going to do if they wound up making it something more than just an anthology of random what-if stories. And that is that he has to basically break his oath. And instead of just watching, he has to become a participant. Because he realizes that Ultron is a threat not just to the one universe that he is in, but to every universe, since he has all of the Infinity Stones. And so he assembles this team together, and the team consists of Captain Carter, your Dark Doctor Strange, Party Thor, and a version of Gamora from an episode we never got to see. Apparently, they're going to be looking at that in the second season, but we just get a brief glimpse of Gamora with Sakaar Armor's Tony Stark, which if you see the Lego sets, you've seen Sakaar Armor Tony Stark. And then you've never got a payoff as to what the heck that was, what it meant, what happened in that story. So that was kind of what happened with that, is he assembles this team together. And it includes a version of Killmonger that became Tony's best friend, then built these drones, and then basically becomes King of Wakanda after murdering his opposition, a.k.a. T'Challa. And... Uh, yeah, so that was interesting. It's like, then you're sitting here going, why are we picking him? And then you get to that moment in the series where Ultron is down and Killmonger takes the Infinity Stones and the armor for himself. And you're like, oh crap, this can't be good. And 
Turns out the Watcher knew that was going to happen, which was part of the reason why, because he needed to have the Infinity Stones out of the body. Once the Infinity Stones are out of the body, because Killmonger and Ultron, who is now Zola, because Zola in virus infected him thanks to Black Widow's using Hawkeye's arrow to take him out. Uh, there's so much to explain here. Like, if you haven't watched the series, just watch the series. It's actually really fairly good. But winds up going and basically destroying Ultron and so now Zola's got Vision's body and they're bickering over the stones and then they use Doctor Strange's destroyed universe to lock the two in for hopefully all of eternity in a pocket universe. Whoa okay there was a lot to cover there. So in any case uh, yeah worthwhile series if you haven't watched it yet I definitely would say go ahead and watch it. You know there's going to be some stuff that you're just like seriously this is what we're doing like the zombies episode honestly here's my take on the zombies episode because you got marvel zombies and you knew marvel zombies was probably going to be there i mean they showed it in a lot of the promos and whatnot but i wasn't sure how they were going to address it and it winds up being here's the thing i never like zombies in general like i'm not a walking dead fan i don't watch that kind of stuff just because it's just not me that's not something that i enjoy like honestly that's the type of thing that freaks me out more than anything because if zombies started running around the world here i'd be pretty freaked so uh yeah any case but what i will say about that episode though is from a writing perspective it was possibly one of the best dialogue episodes of the entire series like i can't even begin to explain how amazing it was having the different characters playing off of each other you had spider-man who wound up basically giving you a how does survive the zombie apocalypse video kind of similar to the videos that you'd see in the spider-man movies you're just like wait what on earth like you know when the kids are doing the tribute to the fallen heroes in post snap uh what was gosh spider-man far from home like that <laughs> it's that kind of thing basically and it was it was a fun fun episode from a dialogue standpoint. Paul Rudd playing Ant Man as just a head and basically going all in on all of the dad jokes. Like it was just, huh, it was some of the best writing in the series. Even if I wasn't a particularly big fan of the post apocalyptic zombie premise of the episode. So uh, yeah, that was where we wound up with that. That was one of the best written episodes, but also one of the things that I was just like, Ugh, I really didn't need that storyline. And some of the stuff, I mean, Doctor Strange basically destroying his own universe, trying to save Christine, that was pretty dark and depressing. And so, like, there were a lot of episodes that left off that you're just like, man, that is sad. So, Captain Carter, I will say, is kind of the one that I think comes out of this that you're just like, yes, please bring us more Peggy Carter, because... She was phenomenal as Peggy Carter in the uh, television series and on the movies. Like, Peggy Carter was just great. And, you know, you kind of got to see her whole story wrap up with Steve, and that was all well and good. But, honestly, if we can get the Captain Carter variant in the movies in live action, which I would not be surprised because Marvel is Marvel and they don't do anything without a reason nowadays... I think that would be fantastic. I think bringing her in as a super soldier version of Peggy would be great. And I think that that'll be something that hopefully we'll get to explore more somewhere in live action because uh, Haley Atwell as Carter was just phenomenal. So other thing that I've been watching recently, and I just finished the season and honestly, it's something that surprised me and that is Ted Lasso and Ted Lasso. I have to preface by saying it's a series that, I can't wholeheartedly recommend because I'm not big on the amount of language that they have in it. And there is a lot of cussing and like, I 
just it's not something that is big for me like you know i feel like you can provide an interesting show without having to take it to the point of you know putting as much vulgarity in there as they do i get that it's a soccer locker room and i'm sorry football for those of you who are maybe watching in britain or listening in britain you know that sort of thing but you know it's it's aside from that it's one of the more like borderline like i don't know wholesome is quite the right word for it but it's one of those things like the basic premise if you're not familiar with it is that a college football coach from wichita state winds up getting hired to coach a soccer club in britain and it's a fictional soccer club that's part of the premier league and it's one of those situations like where you had a character that was created for advertising purposes, and that's Jason Sudeikis' as Ted Lasso, who they basically wind up putting an entire series around it, and it works. Like, it's not like, I mean, I think about, you know, Honest Trailers talks about the fact that, you know, you had the uh, caveman thing from Geico, and they tried to make that into a series, and that failed miserably. But Ted Lasso, it works really, really well for what it is. And basically, you've got this folksy Kansan who is a, the fish-out-of-water in London trying to coach a game that honestly he has no experience in and is just learning as it goes and on him on my honor it is possibly one of the funniest shows outside the again outside of the fact that they use as much language I feel like you could have a totally doably wholesome show out of this and take the language away from it but they did it the way that they did it it's on Apple TV Plus, which is something that most people don't have or pay money for because, honestly, there's not a whole lot on there that interests me. But it was really a fantastically well done as far as his character is a definite absolute fish out of water. But learning all of the lingo and figuring out how the game works and learning his players... And he kind of winds up winning people over. And you find out very early on in the season that the entire reason that Rebecca hires him is to basically destroy this club because it was the only thing that her her ex-husband cared about was this football club. And she wants to drive it into the ground. Well, Ted winds up winning her over and winning everything else over in terms of what is just... He winds up getting set up on a thing with the most critical of all of the sports writers in the area. And he winds up saying he will most likely fail. And when he does, like, I don't want to be right kind of thing. I won't cheer for it. And so there's that. You get to the point where Rebecca has to own up to the fact that she does, or did hire him for all of the wrong reasons, and he forgives her and is magnanimous about the whole thing. And it just, like, it's a fantastic show in that, like, the, the dialogue with Ted especially is fantastic. He leans into dad jokes. He also has some fantastic moments. There's one episode in which one of the players, who is kind of the star jerk who in and of himself has a fairly good character development arc over the course of two seasons, but he's saying, I can't play because I'm hurt. And coach comes out, he's like, well, you can't play because you're hurt. But we're not talking about a game. We're talking about practice. And he basically launches into the Allen Iverson practice speech, 
on Jamie Tart, and like that scene by itself, like that was something that I saw online ahead of time and was like, what is this show? Between that and the funeral scene towards the end of season two where Rebecca's father passed away and she winds up having to give the eulogy and she winds up basically stumbling into the end or the lyrics of Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley and you were just... I was dying. It was one of those things that was completely unexpected. I did not think, oh, yeah, they're going to bump into Rick Astley here. And by the end of it, the whole church is singing along with him. And it just, <laughs> like, it's such a quirky show. But it is something that I thoroughly enjoyed. Again, there's a lot of language. I mean, you can't really have Roy Kent without the amount of language that he has. And... I don't think he drops less than two F-bombs for the entire season in one episode, just because that's the kind of character that he is. But it was still, it was a fun show. It was very heartwarming, like, and where it left off at the end of season two makes me wonder how they're going to handle season three. Like, it's definitely going to be different but I think it's going to be something where it'll be special, just in terms of that. One thing I will say that came out of this is the other day, uh, Roy Kent, the character, is the uh, foul-mouthed like veteran on the team when Ted first shows up, who winds up becoming a coach in the second season. But like he is a very gruff and tumble, and he's absolutely juxtaposed against his adoring niece, Phoebe, who is like this sweetness and sunlight, adorable little girl, and she loves him very much, and he is just like, just gruff and like growling all of the time. And the other day, Austin, my son, was playing with more like getting ready to take apart one of his brother's Lego sets. And I happened to walk up behind him, and I wound up leaning into my best Roy Kent impression, and I just go, Oi! my child broke into tears faster than anything. And I'm like sitting here going, whoa, I did not intend for that to happen. Well, okay, buddy, buddy, it's okay, it's okay. I pick him up, I consoled him. <laughs> it was just one of those moments that you're just like, whoa, okay, so the Roy Kent effect is a real thing and you can make children cry with it. But yeah, it was it was good, it was good. I, I enjoyed the series. Again, if you don't want to hear a bunch of language, I would definitely stay away from it because there is a lot of it. I've kind of got a mental filter almost built in where I grew up around it, and so I kind of ignore it. But if it's something where you don't want to hear any nasty language, it's definitely not something I would watch with your kids at this point. But as far as, like, you know, it's, it's a heartwarming story. I basically say it's kind of similar to the Mighty Ducks, but with significantly more salty language so yeah that's that all right we're gonna head to our last break when we come back we are going to talk about our question of the week stay tuned we're back thanks again for tuning into the dad delorean podcast i am super excited to bring back the question of the week and this week What's a major historical event you did not learn about in school and only found out about later? <laughs> I don't know that this counts as a major historical event. However, it was an interesting historical event that I only recently learned about because my wife listens to a person on Instagram known as Sharon Says So, and it is a 
basically the molasses flood in Boston, and I believe it was 1919. And I... I can't give you all of the details on it. It's a much more complex story than this, but the short version of it is there was a company in Boston that was producing some kind of alcohol-based something. I don't remember what it was, but they had this giant vat of molasses, and it was uh, it was a massive thing of molasses. I can't even remember the exact dimensions of it, but it was big. And long story short, the molasses vat was not especially well made it wasn't or it was basically they painted it brown to hide the fact that it was leaking and it eventually failed because of course it did and wound up sending i think it was like a 25 foot wall of hot molasses through a certain part of boston and it was one of those things that, like, it sounded so absurd that there was no possible way that was a real thing, and yet, here it was. If you look it up on Wikipedia, you can find it. And basically, it wound up leading to a bunch of inquiries and wound up leading to what is now kind of our regulatory things, where you have to have certain engineering permits and that sort of thing, and it had to have been tested. And like, there's so much to the story that I can't even cover here. But regardless, that, to me, the visual image in my brain of part of Boston being taken out by a wave of molasses was about the weirdest thing that I could have possibly come up with. And yeah, it's not something you would expect to find in a history book, but that was my thing for this week. Is, uh, apparently, part of molasses, part of Boston was destroyed by a bunch of molasses. So that is what it is. Hope you guys have a great week. Whatever you're doing, hope you are crushing it. And remember, parenting is a complicated profession. Stay safe out there, my friends. Take care. We'll see you soon. In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 Weight Loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com.